First Timothy one, chapter one, verses 12 through 17. Amen. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord. How about that? Who have enabled me for he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. How be it for this cause, I obtain mercy that in me first Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. Now, unto the king eternal, immortal, invincible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Precious Lord, what a, what a wonderful Christmas message from Apostle Paul. Father God, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. He came into the world to save the lost world from sin. Father God, and like Paul said, he enabled me and counted me faithful, putting us all into his ministry. Father, thank you for Jesus Christ dying, being born of a virgin, dying and 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 being resurrected. Father God, we ask that you be with us this Sunday morning. Amen. Amen. I thought this was interesting in in light of Wednesday night when we just obliterated anything I might have wanted to preach on on Sunday because we just covered everything. But Paul said in verse 15, and I'm going to cover all these verses, but he said this in verse 15. And if you didn't know, if you didn't know, you think Christmas was all about football and fun and food and going out to dinner and family, which is wonderful. That's, that's a wonderful part of it. But we can't miss the most important part of it, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. How about that? How about that? Now, as I read those verses, as I read those verses, especially verse number 12, did you see some joy in there? Did you, can you hear, can you hear it in Paul's voice as he wrote this? He, he's, he's being thankful. And, and, and really when you look at it, he's thankful for four things in verse number 12. Four, four things should jump out at us in verse number 12 and four things that we really all should be thankful for. Okay? Whatever your ministry is, and we all have a ministry. Don't come in here and tell me you don't have a ministry. And your ministry might not be my ministry, but you have a responsibility to go out into the world and, 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 and show Christ, show the world the love of Christ. How about that? Paul says in verse 12, he said, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord. He didn't say my. He, he's, talking to the, he's talking to the people and he's saying, our Lord. Watch this. Here's the first thing. The second thing, the first thing he's thankful for is that Jesus has become his Lord. Okay? 
And, and I've already mentioned the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross, when he first got on the cross with Jesus, he, Jesus wasn't his Lord. That's right. Okay? When he first got on the cross, he was cussing at Jesus too. And he was mocking Jesus and making mockery of Jesus too, but something happened. God opened his spiritual heart and spiritual eyes, and he became, Jesus became his Lord. Well, we know Paul. Prior to Paul being saved, he, Jesus was not his Lord. Let me give you a little history of that. Okay. In Acts 9, here's Paul. Here's Paul on his way to Damascus, ready to do some bodily harm to some Christian folks who believed in the resurrection. And then Acts 9.13, Ananias, Ananias is, is called by God to do something. To go to Paul and pray with Paul and, and minister to Paul. And Ananias says in, in 9.13, watch this, this, was, this is interesting. I wish I could have gave you all to you, but I'm just going to give you a piece of it. Then Ananias answered, Lord, so, 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 God, so Jesus Christ was Ananias' Lord. He said, Lord, I have heard many things of this man, how much evil he have done to the saints at Jerusalem. He's questioning God. You know, that we don't, that never turns out good, okay? And here he have authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. How about that? Paul had authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. Watch this. But the Lord said unto him, Ananias, go that way. We can, we can translate that to modern, the modern way of going with that. Just do what I say. Go thy way, Ananias. Let's take those thoughts and just, if I, call, if I tell you to do something, just do it. How about that? What did Mary say to the people when they, when he, when, when they was at the wedding? Whatever he say. <laughs> Just do it. Whatever he say, just do it. I, I, I mean, that would be the best way to deal with God. Okay? For he is a chosen vessel of mine. How about that? How about that? He is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. How about that? For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. That word chosen, that word chosen means selected, preferred, picked. Paul was handpicked by God to do a great work. And, and Paul knew it. Paul, Paul didn't back away from it. Paul is giving his testimony in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. And he says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, really, for stopping me from going to going to. Damascus and doing damage. He was thankful for that. He says, not only that, who have enabled me. What's that mean? He has enabled me. He has empowered me. He has given me the strength and the power and the faithfulness to do what he's asked me to do. How about that? I mean, we always say, if God call you to do something, he's going to equip you to do it. God's not going to call you to do something, not equip you to do it. Amen. If somebody tells me what God called me to do and then halfway through it, they quit. I know one thing for certain. God ain't called him to do it. If God called you to do something, he is the author and the finisher, okay? He who has begun a good work in you is one, faithful and just to complete it. 
So God, God had called Paul and had enabled Paul. And, and, and then Paul says this, the third thing he's thankful for, for counting him faithful. How about that? Paul said, I thank God that he counted me faithful. Okay? What's that mean? Counted me faithful. Paul, God had looked at Paul and knew Paul's heart, knew Paul's soul, knew everything about Paul. Okay? And he called Paul and, 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 and like he was telling Ananias, Ananias, Paul going to be faithful. Okay? okay? God don't make no mistakes. If he called you to do something, you better be, you ought to be relishing the fact that God called me to do something because he knows that I can do it. How we do it. Philippians 4.13 is how we do it. We can do all things through what? Through Christ who strengthened me. So Paul understood that if God called him to do it, God was going to strengthen him to do it. And all Paul had to do was do it. And he says that putting me into the ministry. Four things he was thankful for. He was thankful for Jesus was now his Lord. That Jesus had now enabled him to be to be faithful. And he counted him faithful. And then he said he put me in the ministry. And then did Paul let him down? Did Paul let Jesus down? No, no. Paul did not let him down. Paul went throughout the whole world ministering to people. Okay. Paul wrote two thirds of the New Testament. Paul was faithful to the very end. How about that? And, 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 and he did it all at the same time. The world was despising him and hating on him. Nothing could stop him. Why? Because God had called him to it. And if God called you to it, Guess what? He'll bring you through it. Verse 13. Verse 13. Here's Paul again. And, he, and now he's still giving his testimony. And we're going to get to it. We're going to get to the Christmas story found in these verses. But Paul, Paul gives a little bit about who he was. He said, who was before a blasphemer. That's a strong King James Version Bible word. A blasphemer. A hater of God. A hater of the truth of God's word. Paul was a blasphemer. Put it right out there. Who was before a blasphemer. Then he says, not only was I a blasphemer, I took it to a whole nother level. I was a persecutor. Okay. We got a prosecutor in Youngstown. Remember Paul Gaines, he's retired. He was a good prosecutor. Okay. A lot of people like Paul Gaines. He was fair. Okay. You didn't hear nothing really bad about him other than when they were in there trying to kill him. Okay. But Paul took matters in his own hands. He was a persecutor of, of Christians. And, 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 and if you read Acts where he was standing before Agrippa, he said he killed thousands and thousands of people. He was a bad man. He was not only a persecutor, he was injurious. Back in then, they just whoop you and beat you. Paul, Paul, and they would and they would throw the clothes at Paul's feet. When they killed Stephen, they say they threw the, the clothes at Paul's feet, meaning Paul was orchestrating the whole thing. How about that? Watch what he says. Watch what he says. But there's some big butts in the Bible. Here's one. Paul was all that. Then he said, but I obtained mercy. That's a beautiful thing. He said, I obtained divine grace and compassion and pity from God. Well, we ought to be looking for that. Somebody, you, you talk to your loved ones that ain't saved and, and, and you pray, God, give them mercy. 
Show them mercy. Show them your love. Show them your compassion. Show them your grace. Show them your love. Show them all that that you showed Paul. Because if Paul could be saved, everybody could be saved. Amen. He's going he's gonna to touch on that a little bit later in this same verse. He said, but I obtained mercy. Why, Paul? Because I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. How about that? Done, you, have you ever done something ignorantly? I think we all fall under that. We've done some stuff. And if we could do it again, we wouldn't do it. Okay? Now, we ain't done some crazy stuff. And we say, if I had a chance to do that again, I'd do it. Then you ain't did it ignorantly. You've done it willfully. Amen. Okay? And you sit back and say, well, I'll never do, I'll never do that again. God, if I can work with you. You know, if you say, oh, if, I, if, I can, if I do it, next time I do it, I won't get caught. Paul said that, but I obtained mercy. How about that? All of us in here know the Lord is your Lord and Savior. Guess what? You have obtained mercy. We talk about some of the names of God. We talk about some of the names of God. One of, one of the names of God is the Son of Man. The Son of Man. I think Paul, Paul understood the Son of Man now. What's that text? For the Son of Man is come to do what? Save that which is lost. That's what he came to do. That's, that's Christmas. The Son of Man came to save that which was lost. That's it. Hmm. John 12, 47. Jesus is talking his own words. Said, if any man hear my word and believe not, I judge him not. We ever said to argue? I, I know I'm guilty of this. I get on some of these social media sites and I argue scripture with folks and get, try to get my point across of what the word of God tells saying, is saying to me. Jesus wouldn't do that. He, this is what he says. He said, if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. That's, that's the scripture. John 4, 12, 47. He said, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. I don't know. I guess I, I'll get something out of that. I'll stop arguing with folks and maybe, maybe I will, maybe I won't, huh? <laughs> Verse 14. I, I like going straight through the text. Verse 14. I'm gonna get to 15, but there's a lot of good stuff in the, in Paul's testimony because Christmas is all about the grace of God. Christmas is all about the grace of God. Christmas is all about the favor of God. Christmas is all about his abundant grace. Christmas is all about him coming to die for our sins. But before he could die, he had to be what? He had to be born. He had to be born. He wasn't born just any kind of way. We've been studying it for the last two weeks. He was born of a virgin, not, not two virgins. He was born of one virgin, and he was born of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Ghost. He had a sinless nature, okay? Now look at verse 14. Watch Paul. He says, and the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. What's Paul saying there? What's he saying? He's saying the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant. Hmm. I think, I think Paul, I think Paul is saying, listen, he was so bad. Well, I like the humility of Paul. He said he was so bad. Paul said he was so bad. That just, just normal grace probably wouldn't have been enough. 
Paul said he needed, he needed some exceedingly and abundant grace to deliver him out of the craziness he was in. That's what Paul's saying. He said, and the grace of our Lord was, uh, was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus toward Paul. Paul knew he was a mess. Paul knew he was a mess. He wrote this to the Romans. To when he was in Rome, he wrote this. Y'all know this. Y'all know these verses. But in Romans chapter 5, he wrote this. And, and again, when you read Paul's writing, he's, a lot of what he's saying, he's given his own personal testimony. So in Romans 5, 6, Paul's saying this, but he really, this, this injects his name in there. But we can inject all our names in there. Because Paul said, what happened to me has to happen to everybody. Paul says, for when we were yet without strength and in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Who did Christ die for? The ungodly. Who's the ungodly? The whole world. The whole world. Paul said Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet preadventure for a good man, some will. Some would even dare to die. But watch what he says here. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were Yet sinners, Christ died for us. How about that? When we was out there, folks are still out there. Sinning. Sinning big. Like we was. And Christ died for them. How about that? You ever, you ever talk to a, a lost soul? And they'll say, well, you know, I'm, I'm living so bad. God, God would never have nothing to do with me. You talk to somebody that's hopeless. We live in a world that's hopeless. We live in a world that's hopeless. A lot of people walking around with no hope. Only hope they have is the hope of hell. They don't have the hope of heaven, but there are only two hopes you can have. You can't have a hope. If you don't have the hope of heaven, okay? You know, just tell them, you know, Christ died for you. Christ died for you. And they may, they may mock you. They may laugh at you. They may tell you, get out of here with that Jesus stuff. They may call you a Jesus freak. But guess what you've done? Guess what you've done? Guess what you've done? You planted a seed in that person's heart. Okay? And you don't know how many people have told them that already. You may, God may have already been speaking to that person. You don't even, we don't, we don't know. That's not for us to know. Because God called us to sow seed. You know, he always said sow seed. He said, Deacon Jeremy, sow seed. Don't, don't worry about it. Just sow the seed. And the, and the, let the seed land. I'll do the work after that. Your job is just to tell them. Okay? See? See? Watch this. Verse 9. Verse 9 of that saying of, the, of Romans 5. And Paul says, and, 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 more than, and much more than now being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. That through him part should mean something to us. I know I go over this all the time with you guys, that through him, through believing in him, through believing in what? Through, through, through believing that he was born of a virgin, he lived a sinless life, he died on the cross, he was buried and on the third day rose, he rose from the grave. That's what it means to, to be saved through him. You got to believe. You got to believe. I don't believe, Pastor. I don't believe that Bible. I don't believe it. I think if man wrote it, it's a bunch of junk. I don't believe it. Ask God to give you faith to believe it. Say, God, give me faith to believe what this man is saying because I'm having trouble with it. And you know what? God is faithful and just. God is faithful and just. 
Nobody was born believing. Okay, you can sit here and tell me that all you want. I'm not, I'm not buying it. You're not going to sit here and tell me, well, you know, my uncle was saved, my granddaddy was saved, my father was saved, all my brothers and sisters were saved. We, I was just born in a Christian family. I was born saved. That's a lie. Amen. Satan wants you to believe that. Satan wants you to believe that just because you started going to church as a little kid and you grew up in the church that you're going to heaven. Church full of unbelievers. Always has been. Always has been. When Jesus went to, when Jesus was visiting some of them churches, them demons would start screaming. <laughs> them demons would be filled in them church, be filled with demons. You, you go to a lot of the churches today, you know, they fill with Masonic Lodge people and, and sorority people and they, people who believe all kind of stuff. Go to church because they think going to church gets you to heaven. What gets you to heaven? What gets you to heaven? Here's what gets you to heaven. I just read it. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. That's what gets you to heaven. Being justified by his blood. That's, that's real deep. No, that's not real deep. Being justified by his blood. Man, I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my sins are covered by his blood. It's real simple. Some people make it real, real complex. It's not. Watch this, verse 10. For if when we were sinners, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Go on and on. Verse 15. Christmas verse. The Christmas verse. People say, well, I don't find Christmas in the Bible. Here it is. Here's Christmas in the Bible. For all those on, on Facebook listening and may listen to this later on in sermon audio. I, you know, I don't find Christmas in the Bible. Here's Christmas in the Bible. First Timothy 1.15. This is a faithful saying. Paul said this is a faithful saying worth everybody listening to. That's what it means. A faithful servant saying, meaning this is, this is good for everybody, young and old, black and white. Rich and poor. This is a faithful saying. Yes, yes. Okay? And worthy of all acceptation. Worthy of everybody. Whatever race you is. Gender. Homosexual. Bisexual. Binary. Non-gender. <laughs> I, I, I mean, this is for everybody. Rich and poor, black and white, young and old. I mean, everybody. This is what Paul's saying. The Christmas message is for everybody. I, I, I just love the decorations and the Christmas decorations and the trees and people out shopping. I just love it. Y'all hear me say it all the time. It's the most wonderful time of the year because we get to celebrate the greatest, the one of the greatest events in the history of the world. The only reason I say it's one of the greatest events because the greatest event is the resurrection. Because all this wouldn't mean nothing if he don't rise. <laughs> I'm going to say what the word of God said because if he don't rise, Paul said if Christ doesn't rise, his birth don't mean nothing. We are all men what? Most miserable. So Paul said, this is a faithful saying. So if you ever want to tell somebody something faithful, you ever want to speak, say, tell me, tell me, that's telling me the truth. Okay, here's the truth. In verse 15 of, of, of 1 Timothy 1, this is a faithful saying. 
and worthy of all acceptation, whether you accept it or not, okay, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Let's stop right there for a minute. God came into the world. And I said, God, I, I, I'm, mixing, I'm not mixing words, okay? God came into the world, okay, as a child to save sinners, okay? Put some, put some scripture on it, okay? First John 3, 5. And here's John. And you know, this John, been on the island of Patmos, John. This John, John is the disciple that Jesus loved, that sat close to Jesus. Most likely John was the youngest of all the apostles, but John was the one that people say that Jesus loved the most out of all his disciples. Here's what John wrote. And you know, 1 John 3, 5, and you know that's pretty, that's pretty dogmatic. And you know that he was manifested. Manifested me, he was born. That he was came into his own. He was manifested to do what? To take away our sins. And in him is no sin. He had to add that on there. He had to add that last part on it. In him is no sin because if he had sin in him, he couldn't deal with the sin in us. So there was no sin in him, but he was manifested. He was born to take away our sins. Christmas message. Another Christmas verse. How about that? We'll say, well, you know, Christmas ain't in the Bible. It might not be in yours. It's in mine. It's all over it. Every, every scripture about his birth, every scripture about his birth is the Christmas message. Okay? Every scripture that says he was born is a Christmas message. Look at Matthew 20, 28. Even as the Son of Man came, not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and what? To give his life. And to give his life a ransom to many. How about that? And to give his life. God came to give his life. He come for no other reason. He said, why did Jesus come? To give his life. He didn't come here to be a politician. He didn't come here to be a doctor. He didn't come here to be a lawyer. He didn't come here to be an athlete. He didn't come here for no other reason than to give his life. How about that? He said, why did Jesus come? To give his life. Why was Jesus born? To give his life. Oh, that's pretty. It's pretty basic stuff. Okay. Hmm. Oh, so much. Well, first John, first, first Timothy one fifteen. Let me let's do it one more time. Just see if I can squeeze something, something else out of it. I may have missed. He said, "This is a faithful saying." Okay, faithful saying. True, true. No, hey, listen. The truth don't change because you don't believe it. Amen. All right. See, people say, well, it ain't, you know, if I don't believe it, it ain't true. That, that's, that's a lie from the devil. Okay? It's just because you don't believe something, don't make it untrue. The truth will always be the truth. You can have a thousand people say, I don't believe that. And one person say, I believe it. If it's the truth, it's the truth. Okay? So when Paul said this is a faithful saying, really he meant this is a true saying, whether you believe it or not. 
You say, I don't believe that Bible. Well, it doesn't matter if you don't believe it. Okay? It's still the truth. He said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. What? What's worthy of that? That Christ came into the world to save sinners. And then Paul puts this out here. None of us can say this, but Paul, of whom I am chief. All right? There's only one chief. You get, you get a, a group of Indians together, there's only one chief. Okay? And, and, and that chief is usually easy to recognize. He usually has the most feathers. All right? And if you only got one feather, you come up and you show up at the, at the, at the party or whatever function it is, you got one feather. Everybody knows you're not the chief. Okay? Because you don't have enough feathers to be the chief. They're waiting for the chief. You come up, I'm, I'm the chief. Well, you only got one feather. Okay? No, you're not chief one feather. Okay. You you got the chief come in and, and everybody know who the chief is because he got y'all seen them Indian movies. Okay. I I was raised on on watching them Indian movies, gun smoke and all that. You knew who the chief was. Paul said, I am the chief. I am the chief. And and and, and the reason why he's bringing this out, Paul saying if the chief could be saved, this is interesting. Paul said, if the chief can be saved, everybody can be saved. Mm-hmm. All right? Remember we were studying back in, in, in Jonah? You all know Jonah, one of my favorite books in the Bible. But we were studying Jonah. And, 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 and Jonah had went into Nineveh. And he walked into Nineveh and he was saying, Nineveh, repent or, or all hell going to break out in Nineveh in, in, in 40 days. Okay? And, and, and the, word, the word circulated among the people. And the people started doing all kind of stuff. Okay, but when the word hit the chief, when the word hit the king of Nineveh, he called on he called a serious fast, and 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 he and, and he was the chief, and he said, "Listen, don't feed no animals, don't feed no babies, don't feed nothing until we hear from God." See, the people couldn't couldn't make that declaration, but when the word got to the chief, he could make that. That's why we call the president of the United States the commander. And chief. How about that? He's the commander in chief. Now, well, you might be a Republican, might be a Democrat, and you might not like who is the president, but still he your president. And you may you may say, oh, he ain't my president. I Joe Biden ain't my president. Donald Trump ain't my president. George Bush ain't my president. Obama your president. You can say that all you want. But long as you're a citizen of the United States of America, uh-huh. whoever is in office, whether you like him or not, doesn't make a difference. Amen. He is the commander in chief. <laughs> Paul said, I'm chief. That means I can't be chief. I can be a great sinner, but I can't be the chief. Paul said, I'm chief. Now, watch this. Watch this. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me move on. Then he says this in verse 16. The chief, the chief is giving his testimony in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. But the chief is a sinner. The chief is, is a vicious sinner. Uh, the chief is killing Christians all over the world. The chief, the chief is in, in trouble. And the chief is on his way to a fiery hell. Okay? And then he says this in verse 16. He, he almost like he puts the brakes on it because he had an encounter 
with God. Amen. Okay? He had an encounter with God. And he says in verse 16, how be it? How about that? How about that? That's the old King James word. How be it? Okay? For this cause, I obtained mercy. What cause? What cause, Paul? What cause are you talking about? You obtained mercy? Because God had showed Paul favor. Okay? And he says, because God has shown me favor and God has not held my life against me and he has shown me favor and grace and love and kindness and pity. I'm going to need some pity. Need some pity today. We live in a world, we live in a world where folks need pity. We live in a world where folks are living hopelessly. And we just, all you got to do is turn on the news. The double homicide over here. And in a church like this, all of us have been affected by folks who living without hope. Folks living without hope. And I, and I sit here and, 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 and the line of work that I do in hospitals, I, I just see people who live without hope. No hope. Could you imagine? 90 years old. 90 years old. You've been on this earth for 90 years, 95 years, and, and, and you don't know the Lord as your Savior. To me, that's, that's sad. To me, that's an indictment on the church. Okay, I mean, I mean, we're not getting out here with the message. Or they may just say, I don't want to have nothing to do with the Lord. I talked to a person the other day. They called me up and they said, hey, we, we got a new client, but he don't want to have nothing. He don't want nothing to do with spiritual care. Okay, I'm cool. I'm brokenhearted, but I can't just call them. You know, they don't, don't call them. They just tell you, don't even call them. 90 years old, dying. And don't want to have nothing to do. Nothing to do with the man of God. Don't want nobody to even come pray for him. How about that? That's sad to me. That breaks my heart. I can't even call them. And say hi. Well, if you do, don't don't let them know you're a preacher or pastor. Wow, wow, wow. How be it for this cause I obtain mercy. Paul says, for this part, I obtain mercy. Hmm. That in me, Paul said God is using him already. In me, Christ might show forth all. Now, on the surface, you say, what's he talking about? What is Paul saying? What Paul is saying here is what I said earlier in the sermon. That Paul, God, God is using Paul, the chief sinner. He's saying that the chief sinner, the worst sinner, okay? None of us in here even, we don't even, we don't even, we won't even move the needle compared to Paul's life, okay? Paul's saying, but God is using me to show the whole world that if Paul, Saul of Tarsus can be saved, anybody can be saved. And, 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 and Peter, Peter puts it like this. He says that God was long. No, 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 no. Y'all, I'm surprised y'all didn't correct me. God is long suffering. Don't give up on folks. Don't give up on folks. Okay. We, 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 we quick to give up on folks. We'll, we'll tell them, we'll give them a track. We'll pray with them one time. And then two weeks later, we see them again. They still drinking or they still cussing or they still fornicate or they still doing whatever they do. Or whatever we used to do and God delivered us from. And, 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 and I don't think any of us in here would say we had an instantaneous delivery. The first time we heard the word, we didn't. We stopped doing everything. 
Anybody fall into that category? Deacon Jerry, don't raise your hand. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. So, 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 so Peter, Peter puts it like this. How long, how long, how long was Noah building on that ark? 125 years? Think about that. Noah was working on that ark for 125 years. Okay. Now, Blanche just told us this morning, so I'm not putting your age out there because you said it. <laughs> you said it. You said you 95. All right. So Noah was working on that ark 30 years longer than the age you are. Think about that. that that's a long time to be working on something. And the whole time that he was working on that ark, God was being patient with the people watching him build it. That's what the Bible is saying. God was being patient with the people. How many people got on that ark? Eight people. Eight people. And God had waited 125 years for these people to realize something was about to happen. But I don't know if y'all watching the times we live in now. Stuff is happening. Stuff is happening in America that ain't never happened before. And you know what? God is still long suffering. Let me give you this verse. Let me give you this verse in 1 Peter 3.20. Watch. He said, which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. He waited in the days of Noah. That word long suffering means God is patient. I'm so glad God was patient with me. Okay. I'm so glad God's patient with me. Okay. Because when y'all look up here, y'all see a knucklehead. All right. Y'all see somebody that was out there crazy. Okay. But God. But God. Long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved. Peter goes on to say this now. I'll move on. In 2 Peter 3, 9, he says this, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering. We ought to thank God we got a long-suffering God. I hear, I hear Christians saying, Oh, I wish the Lord would come. I wish the Lord would come. I mean, no, no, no. Don't wish the Lord has come. All right, don't wish the Lord come. All right, he coming when he come. All right, that ain't something you, that ain't something you need to wish for. You know, I mean, if you had one wish, if you had one wish, you wouldn't wish for the Lord to come. That one, you know, I, most of us would wish for uh, some other stuff. Okay, we I'm not getting y'all business. I know Sylvia want to do some more work on her house. So I know that wouldn't be on her on her list. That I wish the Lord would come. Um, I got one wish, one wish, Sylvia. What is it? I wish the Lord would come. Not that. No. Ain't nobody wishing that. Watch this. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering. To us were not willing what? That any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. How about that? That's what God wants. God wants all of us to come to repentance. How do I know that? Okay. How do I know that? Let me give you, let me give you my some of my beloved verses that that support that. John. John 3.16. I think sometimes we get caught in John 3.16 and we don't we don't always read John 3.15 and 17. 
And, and, and now, as y'all see me flip the pages, y'all see that I can't find it in my notes, but I'm going to flip to it in the Bible if I don't find it real quick here. Okay? So, so, in, Lord help us. Yep. I, I, gave, I gave Melvin my, somebody put this new King James up here, God forbid. You know, y'all know I hate the new King James Bible. <laughs> oh. John 3, John 3, 15. Watch this. Fascinating verse. I'm going to close. I'm, 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 I'm about to close real quick. I just want to read John 3, 15 through 17. Okay. Last verses. Because it tells you why he came. John 3, 15. He says, and whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You know, and I, and, I, and I use that verse a lot with people, especially, like I say, working, working with the dying, working with dying people. And people say, I want to go to heaven. And, 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 and they have it. They don't really know a lot about the word of God. They haven't been in church. They don't have a they don't have a pastor coming to the nursing homes and visiting them. And so I'll use these scriptures a lot with the dying. I, I, I advise you if you meet someone because we think you got to be a theologian to go to heaven. Here's what the word of God says. He says, for that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's John 3.15. Some of you think that's John 3.16, but that's John 3.15. What's it mean to believe? To believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on Calvary's cross, and was buried and rose on the third day. Now you believe all that. That's a mouthful. But if you believe all that, that's your ticket. Okay, well, you know, you got to go to church, you got to tie, you got to speak in tongues, you got to, no, 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 none of that's in there. Okay, it's not that deep. Some people say, well, you don't have the Holy Spirit unless you're speaking in tongues. It's not that deep. He says, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, God, that's in red. That's Jesus' own words. Let me keep going. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. He don't have one begotten son. Not two. One. Okay. That whosoever believeth in him. Should not perish but have everlasting life. Sounds like he repeating. Anytime God repeating son. That's important. He says. Believeth in him. Believeth with the V-E-T-H on the end of it. I mean, continually. I'm going to believe today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Okay? And when I take my last breath, I'm going to take my last breath believing in him. Okay? Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Don't don't, don't start adding stuff on me. Okay? Now, I, I used to drive... Uber and I run into these folks and I have my music on and and and, and they, they you know they'll tell me you know well how, how do you know you had the Holy Ghost? Because I believe it's in Him. No, that ain't how. You got to do something. I know that ain't what God told me in His words. He said, "For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast." And there's nothing nothing here saying that I have to do anything but believe. Hold on. Watch this, verse 17. This is the verse that make me think. For God sent not his son into the world 
to condemn the world. Okay. But, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. Amen. That's it. Simple. The gospel ain't that deep. We make it deep. I think we made it so deep that folks, we just run everybody out of church. It's too deep. I got to do too much to get saved. I got to come to church every week. I got to tithe. I got to speak in tongues. I got to get a pastor, a pastor anniversary gift every year. I got to buy him watches and shoes and I got to pay his insurance and his house. I can't do it. Well, that's all I have. That's all I have. I mean, that's all I'm going to give you. I, I got pages of stuff. But that's good. It's good to see everybody on Christmas. Amen. It's Amen. good to see everybody on Christmas. I love Christmas. It's the most, it's the most wonderful time of the year. I can't wait to go home and open my Christmas gifts. Cindy don't buy me nothing no more. Karina, Karina bought me nice stuff. She bought me nice stuff. With my money, I think, but she bought me a nice Adidas stuff and Under Armour stuff, you know, so I'm going home. And... God is good. Melvin, it's good seeing you over there laughing and smiling. Amen. I'm going to feed you every time you come here, just like Blanche. Amen. You ain't got to worry about cooking on Sunday if you come here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me turn the mic off because I get silly. <laughs>